how do we trust and build ourselves up to be able to walk into any room or into any stage and speak up for the ideas and issues and matters that really mean the most to us. So that's the first piece. The second piece is the physiological sensations that come up when we're about to speak and have a hard conversation or, you know, get up, grab a microphone at an event or something like that when we're going to speak. Like, how do we... Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nablek, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Darlene. Darlene, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So give us a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. How much time do you have, Michelle? <laughs> Just give me the highlight and then we'll dig. We'll <laughs> dig a lot. <laughs> so I, yeah, so my name is Darlene Holly, and I am a business and leadership coach and I work primarily with ambitious, heart-centered online entrepreneurs, as well as rising leaders inside of organizations to really speak up, stand out and make a bigger impact doing the work that they love to do. So a lot of my clients are business owners who are starting new businesses and I help support them with building their personal brand, finding out like what their client attraction marketing strategy and visibility strategies need to look like. And then I walk them through like creating workflows and SOPs and sales conversations and all that fun stuff. And then the other half of my business is in the leadership executive coaching realm where I go in and do uh, trainings with leaders inside the organization so they can really use, start using their voice. Oftentimes we have lots of things to say. We want to speak up at meetings or in boardrooms, or we want to, we're maybe a brand new leader and we have a new team and we're not quite sure how to engage with the team in a way to build community and connection and really support the culture of the organization. And so I do what I call easy, low stakes fun conversation starters that build into those more harder, difficult conversations. And we turn those difficult conversations into um, daring conversations where they feel like they can really make an impact and start using their voice in a more effective way. Nice. And we'll totally get into all of that in a little bit, but let's back up the bus for a second here. How did you get into leadership as your thing? Yeah. So we'll, let's, let's take a, a step back. Business coaching came first. So I've been yep. a business coach for 17 years. And I used to work in retail management and HR training and development and retail management is amazing, but it was a lot of work. I was working, you know, 60, 70, 80 plus hours a week. Back in those days, I only had one child and I have four now, but I found that I was missing out on so many pieces. Like I was, when I was at work, I felt all this mom guilt because I wasn't home with my son. And then when I was at home with my son, I had so much pressures and like demands in my job that I felt like I wasn't doing either one of them really well, to be quite honest. And so I, I left retail management thinking I was going to find balance. And I, I laugh at myself now because I've learned that there's no such thing as balance when you're a working mama. <laughs> like it's about harmony and ebb and flow in each of your days. So I um, bought a franchise and became a business coach 17 years ago. Um, since then I've left the franchise, started my own business coaching practice using framework that felt really more in alignment for me. And then about four years ago, I just felt this stirring that I missed like the team building aspect of my past life. And as a business coach, most of my clients are solopreneurs. Maybe they have a couple virtual assistants and team members. I work with a lot with like service-based online entrepreneurs. And so I missed the team piece. And so I had an opportunity to become a leadership coach and start going into organizations to teach them about how to speak up and use their voice. And I started running with it. And I have so much fun now going in with organizations and 
helping support, you know, the leaders and their teams to really start to communicate with more confidence and clarity. Nice. I love it. So let's get into the framework of kind of how you do what you do and what makes you different than others. Yeah. So, I mean, all of us have our own unique special gifts, right? Like, I think that's one of the things that makes each of us stand out is we all have different skill sets, life experiences, different backgrounds. And so in my, the framework I teach with like, when it comes to organizational leaders is um, a framework called Step Into Your Moxie. And it's really based off of a vocal empowerment system that has five different pieces of components to it. So the first one is your inner critic. All of us have that inner critic that loves to tell us, who am I to be here in this room? Who am I to speak up and use my voice? Am I worthy enough? Do I belong here? Right? We've, we've had those dialogues. It always makes me think of cartoons, like where the little angel was on one shoulder telling you that you're amazing. You've got this, like keep going, keep doing it. But then that devil was on the other side, like pulling us down. And so I really work with my clients on that first step to um, tame their inner critic. How do we trust and build ourselves up to be able to walk into any room or into any stage and speak up for the ideas and issues and matters that really mean the most to us. So that's the first piece. The second piece is the physiological sensations that come up when we're about to speak and have a hard conversation or, you know, get up, grab a microphone at an event or something like that when we're going to speak. Like, how do we notice those sensations? And we, our, our body feels like excitement and scared feel the same in our bodies. <laughs> so how do we like use that energy to really motivate us to speak up? And how do we calm the, you know, the shaky hands or the quavery voice and different things like that? Or I, I used to always joke, like sometimes it's like, we're sweating too much. And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating in places. I didn't even know I could sweat. Like I'm so nervous, but how do we take those physical, those um, physiological sensations and really calm them down? The third piece is your messaging. How do you just speak in a clear, concise way that allows people to take notice that you're speaking? They are paying attention to what you're saying and how you're saying things. The fourth is your presence. And that's really like, how are you confidently showing up to communicate that conversation? Um, I like to think about like standing hips, like shoulder length apart, your shoulders are back, like your arms are open. And you're speaking like just from a confident place, like your presence is known. And then the fifth piece to it is really when you are speaking, are you calling people to take action? How are you moving them forward? Are you, we, we don't want to tell anybody what to do, right? We want to persuade them. We want to take them on a journey with us. How do we get people's buy-in though? Whether we're running for office <laughs> in politics, or if we're running a meeting with our, with our board, or if we're just, you know, getting team ownership buy-in from our team and the people that we're working with on a day-to-day -day basis, how do we get them to come on the journey with us so they believe in our mission and our vision of where we're going? Nice. I love it. So let's start at the beginning and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Go. Uh, <laughs> cool. So how do you, how does somebody know whether or not the little devil on their shoulder is actually right? It's like, wow, I actually am incompetent at this. And I really should learn a bit more before I, yeah. you know, start going on stage or something like that. Like is, is the, is that negativity that's in our head? Is it ever right? Or is it just kind of like, you need to get out of here and I got this. Yeah. It's a fun point, right? Like, I think that there's definitely times when our inner critic is pulling us down because we just, it's telling us we're not worthy enough. And maybe we've done the work. Like, have you done the work? Like, I think one of the questions to ask yourself is have I done the work to earn this right to speak about this topic or to share my 
voice or my opinion. And sometimes we don't need to have to have done any work. We just can show up as exactly who we are and share our thoughts and our opinions in those situations. But yeah, if you're going to go speak on a stage and call yourself an expert on a topic, have you, did, did you, and you don't always have to have gone to school, but have you studied on it? Have you been impacted? How has that impacted your life and how, what have you learned from it? One of the biggest things that we can do is share our story. And anyway, anytime that we're speaking, whether it's, you know, talking with a spouse, we're sharing our feelings and our story and things that have been coming up for us, or if we're speaking on a stage to a group of people, or if you're just sitting down with, you know, your, your team of 10 people that are on your, in your group, if you start to share a story, people are 22 times more likely to be, feel connected with you. They feel like they're on a journey with you. They might have a very different story, but they're going to feel like they're, you're, you're reminding them of pieces of their story. And it's making them build that trust in those different pieces. So I think that, yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where maybe we're not worthy to be in the, on that stage yet, but are we doing the work? Are we doing the things that can get us to where we want to be so we can show up in those bigger spaces? And all of us are absolutely, I, I 100% believe that if you have a message and a voice, somebody needs to hear it. And, and we don't, and if you don't speak up and share your story, other people are not going to feel like they can speak up and share theirs. So when we do speak up, like we're almost giving permission to every other person out there to speak up and share their story as well. Absolutely. Well, and I, I do find it funny because when I had clients that would say like, I, I don't really have the expertise to speak on this. I said, let me ask you this. If you took an airplane, went to Jamaica, lying dead, and then something went wrong and the plane took off and came back home again. How much more information do you know about Jamaica than somebody that's never been in a plane before and never gone? And they're like, well, infinitely. <laughs> it's like, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. the fact that you have a story to tell, tell the story. And and yeah. and then people will kind of go, oh, okay. So it's kind of like and you know, whatever experience they may have had that can connect with you. Because I think people in the audience are always looking for that connection, right? Yeah. It's uh and can you be like one or two steps ahead of them? That's all that you need to be in most situations. It's like, I just need to be one step further than where you're at. So I can tell you what I've done so far to get to this point. And while you're doing that step, I'm going to go figure out the next step so that I can continue taking you with me. Right. Exactly. Go figure out why that plane didn't land and <laughs> go check. I, mean, it out I, don't, I don't know that I want to get into the mechanics of the plane thing. I might not get us back if it's because like the pilot <laughs> is back and you're going to ask me to jump in the driver's seat. Yeah. I know my limits, but <laughs> And at least we'll get on another plane. If someone's able to speak up and say, I'm not sure if this pilot should fly us anymore. I'm very happy to use my voice and insert it in that place. <laughs> That's awesome. So when it comes to messaging and, and, and what people want to be able to say, how do you help them to articulate that? Yeah. So lots of ways, like first of it is really having them get clear for themselves. Like what is their message? What is, what is it they want to say? What is it they want to be known for? Like what ideas do they want to share into the world and be a thought leader or an expert or somebody who has a strong opinion <laughs> about the topic? So we'll really get clear on like what's what that piece is for them. And then from there, it's really walking. I, I like to think of like walk and talking. How do we practice embodying what it is we want to say? So a lot of my clients will come to me and we will we'll do we do a ton of role play and improv and experiential learning. And the work that I do with them, whether it's one-on-one -on -one through like my executive coaching or my business coaching side, or if I'm coming in to work with a team, almost every single thing we do is off of play. We're going to do improv. We're going to use some role play. And I love to get them up on their feet 
So they can actually practice saying the things they want to say and they can see how it sounds. Have you ever had one of those times, Michelle, where like you've mapped out exactly what you want to say? Maybe you wrote down a couple of bullet points and you like mold it through your head and like you think you got it good. And then you open your mouth and you say what you were planning on saying and you're like, it just doesn't land the way that you had intended. It almost falls flat or you feel like you fell on your face and it caused an argument. It got everybody defensive. Those different things have happened. I'm, I, I know I've had those moments, <laughs> but, but when we, like, when we take away some of those pieces and we make, we give ourselves permission to say things out loud and be like, Hey, Michelle, I have to have a hard conversation with a coworker later today. Do you mind if we role play what that conversation might look like? Like you can do this with anybody, right? Like ask a spouse, ask a, a colleague, a business partner, the guy at Starbucks. I don't know, like anybody, <laughs> anybody other than the person that you have to have that conversation yeah, with later. <laughs> practice having that conversation out loud it does something internally for us it, it makes us feel more confident mm-hmm. we take away some of those sensations that might be coming up and we feel more empowered and even if we have you know a little bit of the jitters when we do get into that conversation right before we have it our body remembers what it was like to speak that question out loud or to to share that statement or your concern or your thoughts or opinion in that moment And so it alleviates some of that pressure because our body just falls into alignment and we can show up and not have to be so stuck in our head because Mm -hmm. our body's going to do the, do the hard, heavy lifting for us. And so I think that, you know, if we're communicating in those ways and we're practicing, and then I think part of it too, is when we have to have difficult, hard conversations, how often do we surprise the other person that we're like, we're fuming, or we've got all these thoughts and feelings coming up and we're going to go have this conversation, Right. The other person sometimes has zero idea that they've upset us, that they did something wrong, that whatever the situation is, right? And mm-hmm. so it's better for us, actually. One of the things that I work with my clients when we're going into those difficult conversations is to, to set ourselves up for success and be like, hey, Michelle, um, you said something yesterday during the, t- the team meeting that um, didn't really set well with me. Do you mind if we meet tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for coffee? And so we can discuss this and I can share a little bit about what I'm thinking and learn more about what, where you were coming from with it. I don't have the conversation right now, but tomorrow I've given myself a chance to go home and walk and talk and practice saying what I want to say and like get my thoughts together. But what did I just give you permission to do? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my God. What did you say? (laughs) Charlene wants to talk to me about you know, I said this thing at the meeting and now it gives you a chance to think about like, how did, what did you say? What did you, how do you want to respond? And then we go into that conversation. So tomorrow at 10 o'clock when we meet, we both have had a chance to think about it. Nobody's caught off guard. Nobody's surprised. (laughs) Now Um, we're both panicked. (laughs) No, I I actually think it does the opposite. It makes us both feel like we can get into that situation and we can have a, a real conversation with candor and kindness and then we can, you know, both grow and move forward from there. I mean, yeah, situ- we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like yet when we have that conversation, but we're, it's, this works great with spouses, right? Or partners or family members. Like how many times have we, you know, said you left your socks on the floor again, like, and I'm going crazy because of it. Like we just go into that mode and we're screaming and we're upset and then nobody's happy. And then everybody's like ignoring each other for the rest of the evening. But if we like had a real heart to heart conversation and we planned it and we you know, really shared what was coming up for us, it changes that dynamic. It just allows for better communication. And it can be, you know, from in with other leaders inside the organization, other 
collaboration partners as a business owner or whether it's your spouse or kids. Like I just think communication is, it's so, it can be so tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can give ourselves some tools and some support. We can make those conversations so much more smoother. Absolutely. Well, and you bring up an excellent, well, you brought up a lot, ton of excellent points, but one that people think that they're perfect communicators or that just because I've said something, I've said it the way I want to say it. And that's almost never true. <laughs> so, so being able to give yourself that opportunity to be able to practice something and to, you know, foul it up or whatever, and then, and kind of garner that the savvy conversation that we actually want to have and go, okay, can I just get this conversation out to somebody that doesn't care, wasn't there, you know, they're not emotionally involved in this conversation. So you can get out what you wanted to say and then move on to, okay, what do you really want to say? And what's really important to you in this? Because a lot of times the thing we want to say, the explosion that comes out is almost never really what the point of that conversation is and and doesn't get us a resolution that we really want. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it just gets heated emotions going. <laughs> and then nobody needs that. We already have enough in our worlds like going on. We're already, you know, most people will say they're over busy, they're overwhelmed, they're burnt out, they're tired, they're stressed. And if we can alleviate any of that by just mm-hmm. communicating what we actually need and what we want in those moments instead of you know, letting all the emotions come fuming out, it just, it makes for a better, a better world, a better workplace, a better business environment. Mm-hmm. Well, even in a presentation and when it's not a blowout, oftentimes I'll come up with something of this is what I want to say. And then when I articulate it out loud, it's like, well, okay, that doesn't even really make sense here. <laughs> they, they need a more fundamental information first before we can get there. So that, that practice element um, allows people to say, and articulate what they want to say, even in a presentation. Yeah. So do most people that you're working with know what they want to say when they're doing presentations or like, are they given content and say, here, you have to go and talk about this. Or are they like, I don't know, I'm supposed to do a monthly meeting and I have no idea what to say in these things. It depends, especially my business owners. Like usually they're doing presentation on either a topic, a signature, like a signature workshop that they're using as a visibility opportunity to grow their business. And so we map that out from, you know, the opening story they're going to share all the way through, like how they're going to close out the presentation and they practice it. Like I have my clients practice, especially if you're speaking, giving a presentation, you want to practice for about a minute or for about an hour for each minute that you're actually going to be speaking, which can feel like a lot, but the more you embody that talk and we're not going for memorization, we're really just going for kind of like the flow of the conversation and you know you don't want to have it word for word but you want to be able to know where you're going next and where you're taking the people during the presentation you know if you're selling if you're doing a workshop and your goal is to get people to sign up for your newsletter list or if your goal is to get them to schedule a free discovery call so they can learn what or they can explore what working together might look like like you want to have a a method to your madness when you're doing that presentation um so yeah like how do we practice that stuff how do we get it kind of like what I was saying before, like we want to embody it to a degree, but then it's the same thing, whether it's a big workshop or sometimes it's a conversation where you're, somebody's exploring what working together might look like. And you're just on a sales call and you want to make sure that you're giving yourself a chance to, you know, ask really great questions, get to know the prospect that you're on the call with, but also like 
I think the thing we forget too when we're doing sales calls is we're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing us. So um, I have like a 13-step script that I use with my clients on how to build that trust during the discovery call so that they can they can make an informed decision if you're the right person to work with. But you can also identify like, is this somebody that I even want to work with? Are there red flags? Are they far enough along in their business? Do they have the things are like, say you're a web designer and you are going to build a website for somebody. If you don't know that they truly have like all the, the written copy written for the website, they already have professional photos. They know what fonts and colors they want to use. Like you could quote something that's not even really realistic because you didn't ask and you didn't do the due diligence to make sure you have everything you need. So what questions do you need to ask? So you can set yourself up for success when you're moving people through your sales process and then when you get to the end of it, you can actually have the right voice to ask the right questions to move the process forward and get people to say, yes, I want to work with you. Or, you know what, actually, you're not ready, quite ready yet to work with me. Here's how we can get started. And once you get these things built out, here's how we can continue to move forward and go from there. I, I love that because I laugh uproariously because almost none of our clients <laughs> things prepared and it didn't matter if they were startups or if they were 20 million dollar companies is like yeah do we have what <laughs> yeah. well and in, in some people's heads too like they, they might think they have everything together and then you get it and you're like wait this is this isn't gonna cut it like this is not what we need or like this is like I know like as a business coach my my clients typically have been in business for two years they have been out there testing and measuring they've been trying different things they're usually struggling with that, with the consistency piece. They're getting a sale here and there, but it's not enough to provide their income coming in, you know, consistently each month. Most of my clients, you know, when they first start, maybe they're making a couple thousand dollars here and there, but after six months of working together, they're making three to 6,000 and they feel like they can provide for their family. Now, when they first come in, they feel like they have a wild hobby that's not producing the income that they need. And so, you know, we walk through a lot of steps and if they've been, if they've actually been out there testing and measuring and trying different things, I have a lot more resources and we can go from there easier to build them into that consistent, stable business where if they're brand spanking new and they haven't done anything in their business yet, I have to come at it from a different angle. I have to be like, we're starting from scratch and we're going to be doing the testing and measuring while we're working together in that sense versus using some of their past data. And I can work with both, but it looks different. My approach for how I'm going to work with them is completely different. I love it. So who would you say is your favorite client to work with or your ideal client in, um, kind of in concept? Yeah. So I, I think what some of my favorite clients to work with are coaches as well. Um, typically they are doing some kind of speaking or life coaching. Sometimes they're doing business coaching, but typically they are somebody who is super passionate about the work that they're going to do. They get lit up when they get clients that say yes, because when they're in their element, they really are truly shining and they know how to help and support those people. And so when someone's super, and then I think part of it too, is they want to make an impact in the world. Like I love to work with people who want to be a part of leaving a ripple effect into our universe, making an impact, leaving a legacy. And so it's people that are just really passionate about showing up, having fun, being playful, being willing to look a little bit silly so they can um, really use those as building blocks to really stand out and make an impact in the world. Love it. So can you give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients? 
Ooh, yeah, let's see. I'm going to call, I'm going to call her Regina. This is not her, her <laughs> real name, but um, I worked with Regina. Let's see, we're in, it was about a year and a half, probably about 18 months ago now. And she came in needing some support with her marketing and her visibility. She was struggling. She hadn't had a sales call in like nine months. And she's like, I love my business. I'm creating all this content. I'm showing up all of the places and doing, putting things out in the world, but nothing is bringing clients in. And so we did um, a full strategy alignment call with her and really helped map out what she had been doing, where she had been showing up. And we identified that she was showing up way too many places. First of all, um, I encourage most of my clients to be visible in like three to five different strategies. And she was doing like 20. <laughs> um, wow. So we narrowed, we narrowed down that she really was doing well with speaking. She loved to use her voice. She hated video, but she loved to speak and she loved to show up in those different ways. And so we identified her for her. She started doing podcast interviews. She started speaking on stages locally in our community. And she um, was noodling on starting her own podcast as well. She actually decided not to do that, but that one, but um, I checked in with her about six months after we had worked together and she had booked herself on 20 different stages to speak um, within like two hours of her house. And she had been on, I think like 30 different podcasts and she consistently was bringing in consistent money and closing like 60% of the people that um, were scheduling calls for her. And she, nice. and it was huge because she was doing all the things and she wasn't, it wasn't even sometimes really that she wasn't doing any of it right. It was mm -hmm. just, she was spreading herself so thin. She was trying to do so much. She wasn't doing any of it effectively. So when we really got her just to hone in on networking in person and speaking on stages in her, in her local cities and doing podcast interviews, like she didn't have to do, like worry about all the other noise that was happening. And I think that's one of the most important takeaways. Like we, we don't have to be all things to all people, like really find a couple strategies that light you up and excite you that you can put yourself out there every single week doing and trust that the people that are meant to hear your message are going to be in those spaces and then have a really strong call to action at the end of it too. Like that was one of the pieces that we worked on as having that call to action that really allowed people to go, oh, I do want to talk to you more. I want to learn more. So they downloaded our free gift. They, She was nurturing them through her email list. And then when they were ready, she was able to get them on discovery calls and close them into clients. Love it. So get, what are some of the struggling uh, issues that somebody might have that they're thinking, oh my God, darling, I need you so badly. What kind of things are they struggling with? There you go. <laughs> typically, typically it's the messaging piece, not feeling like they're really clear and how they're communicating what it is that they do and how they support their clients. Um, so a lot of times we'll do a full messaging assessment. I'll look at their websites. We'll look at, I'll listen to past podcast interviews and YouTube videos they have, like whatever content they've created. Maybe it's articles for magazines, different things. And we'll look at their message and we'll see if it's clear and concise and if they're really staying in their lane. Um, I have all of my clients create like a framework for their business so they can know what they're talking about things that they really want to be known for. And so once we do that, it really helps them stay on track and on target to have clear messaging, but then also talking about things that really are going to lead to the work that they're actually doing. I always joke, like if you're, if I'm a business coach and I'm talking about, you know, your ideal clients and your niche and your messaging and your offer and your visibility strategies and your sales conversations and then tomorrow I start talking about cats doing yoga. Most of you are going to be like, that's cool, darling. That's a cool cat doing yoga. Like, but what does that have? Like, there's no through line. 
for our business, right? So, and I see this happen often. People will start talking about lots of different random things, but there's not a through line connection to actually how they're supporting, like what their offer is and how they're actually supporting their clients. So getting clear on like your framework and your messaging is probably the biggest things I see. And then the 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 other piece is about, are they actually positioning themselves as a thought leader? Are they getting in front of the right people and you know using that message that they created mm-hmm. to actually vocalize and pull people in and calling them to actually take action and to wanting to move forward with them? Um, I know a lot of our listeners are going to want more from you. So how did they start that journey with you? Yeah, um, my favorite place to connect is on LinkedIn. So I'd love if you'd um, connect with me on LinkedIn, you can find me Darlene Holly um, over on LinkedIn and let me know like what's what was one of your takeaways from today's conversation. You can also head over to my website, which is just darleneholly.com and you can learn more about the different ways that I work with my clients and how I support um, entrepreneurs as well as leaders to really find their voice and use it in big effective ways so they can live the life that they want and have it created on their terms as well. And we will, of course, have all of Darlene's links in the show notes. So go ahead and scroll down, click on the links and don't open up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So Darlene, I get to ask, yeah, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. It's funny when I was interviewing to buy the franchise to start my business, um, I didn't know what a business coach was. I didn't know what a business coach was. I didn't even know what a coach was. And this was 17, 18 years ago at this point. And, um, during that conversation, I think is when I realized that I've been coaching my whole entire life. I was always the friend that everybody came to when they needed advice. When I, I was in junior high and high school, um, when I worked in retail management, I was more focused on growth and development and helping people get to where they wanted to go. My mom would have probably said I was nosy. I call, and I, I call it curious. I love to ask lots of questions to dig deep and really get, um, get people thinking about different things in different ways. Fantastic. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Yeah. Last words is go out there and have some fun, like practice using your voice in some of the easiest, funnest ways you can possibly find. And from there, build up into those harder conversations. The more we practice, the it doesn't always necessarily get easier using our voice in scary situations, but the more that we do it, the more confidence we build and the more easier we show up into those moments. And we just need to start trusting ourselves that we're going to be able to speak the message that somebody else needs to hear and your voice matters and your story matters. So keep going, keep doing it. Don't stop. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thanks, Michelle. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.